will social media change the world? <laughs> you say, you say, well, well, will social media change the world? Has it not already?
body go cause ya yeah. oh yeah Baby oh my lady oh 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 your uku, my baby, you must come for. Oh, yeah, make you shock it your baba. Oh, yeah, rock bottom, make you no go give me your bala. I should go like make you give me balance size, carta your baka. Oh, yeah, I must to be all over. Oh, yeah, rip bata, rip bata, you too, the shakara. One more to love, to go, yaro, to go, yaro, to go, My baby from Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. Yellow CC, my odor, odor, odor. Body, the oku, your tempo. Season 3 Double Wahala, and you're still tuned to the State All Show with G Dolls and the team. All stations on my mark. Three, two, one. Going dark. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Show of Big Brother Niger Season 3 Double Wahala, and you're still tuned to the State All Show with G Dolls and the team. On CHLY 101.7 FM, don't touch that dial. Okay, okay, you tuned on to the Say It All show on CHLY 101.7 FM, don't touch that dial. Okay, 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 good evening and I'm welcome to what I call it. just one hour on radio. It's the Say It All show and my name is Gaga, they call me G-W-E-D-O-L-Z, G-W-E-D-O-L-Z. 
and George Podicchio started you listening to the track of Emma, entitled Darwin Lady. Before that, it was Afobi with the track Johanna. We had lots a lot of fun um, before the show. Um, I got a very, very full house today. It's a very, very interesting topic we have on the horizon. Something that has to do with the future, possibly culture, agriculture, life. And we will be experiencing global changes in the near future. Very, very full house, like I said. Room full of debutants, apart from Calvin, who has been here. But Sadaf and, and Jason are also with me on this show tonight. I'll give all of them the one minute of time to introduce themselves. Calvin, you, you've been here. Before. I've been here on the show before, but exactly. thanks for having me again. I'm really excited to talk. So, Daph, you go next. Just give us a, a brief, you know, about sure. you and why you want to talk today. Sure. My name's Sadaf, and I'm a major in global studies, binary in political studies. Just here to talk about climate change, help out Calvin. Hey, I'm Anna. I'm majoring in global studies as well, and I go to school with Sadaf. I'm minoring in business, and I'm just here to support Sadaf and Kelvin. And I'm Jason. Uh, I'm a small business owner here in Nanaimo, and a few years ago since I was in university in 2016, so I'm excited to hear what these guys have to say. Okay, yeah, let's get straight into it. By the way, on the show, as much as I'm going to take charge, Kelvin will be doing some assisting. Yeah, Calvin. awesome. I want to act like a co-host today. <laughs> Especially because this is kind of my project. I'm doing this for class, and obviously, you know, climate change is very important to me and it's very important to our society. Okay, let's move, right? Lots of the listeners back home or online might just be hearing about climate change for the very first time. Let's start from the root. What is climate change? Yeah, so I took a definition of Google, I should say, and climate change refers to any significant change in the measures of climate lasting for an extended period of time. So in other words, climate change includes major changes in temperature, precipitation, or wind patterns, among other effects that can occur over several decades or longer. So that's the definition I took off climate change. I think we all kind of understand that. Can any of you break that down for the dumb man down the street? Someone who has no, you know, academic qualifications or no knowledge, just break it down. What's global warming or climate change? The earth is dying and we need to save it. <laughs> it's a very, very fair definition. When you say the earth is dying, we need to save it. Justin, help us. When she says the earth is dying, what would make the earth die? Different natural disasters, if we're seeing a spike in them or just more extreme weather patterns and stuff like that. And I think now with the internet, we're able to see what's going on around the whole world, it's like right from the palm of our hand, and it kind of... Mm makes everyone a little bit more aware about what's going on. Okay, Calvin, back to you. You mentioned extreme weather patterns. What could contribute to extreme weather patterns? Great question. It's interesting because I think climate change has to do with more than just, you know, weather patterns. And mm. has to do with humanity as a whole and how we treat the earth. Because climate change is really a man-made thing, I should say, right? Simple things like being more energy efficient and just turning vegan, eating less meat, trying to avoid taking car transportation, simple things like this affect our climate. So I think if we're talking about climate change, it's really important to mention global warming mm. or in other words, the earth is heating up and these are specifically because of human activities and in other words, greenhouse gas emissions that are heating up the earth, fossil fuels that are being burned. So it's really important to kind of keep in mind what 
humans do for economic growth and otherwise that would affect the changing weather patterns and that it's really important to mention global warming. If you don't know exactly what global warming is, I would recommend to look it up. But once again, it's the exceeding amount of greenhouse gas emissions in the air that is causing the earth to heat up. Okay, fossil fuels and then carbon dioxide are two stuff that are being mentioned when you refer to global warming and climate change. Anna, can you assist us? If the earth continues to... You're talking about like if it rises more than two degrees Celsius yeah. on the average temperature of the globe? You know, they say since the year 2000, the earth has gotten harder and harder. 97% of scientists actually believe in climate change. I wonder why, you know, there's that little 1% to 3% that you know, deny it totally. I watched their YouTube show yesterday and these guys thought it was hilarious to think that, you know, people have caught a climate crisis and people don't want to take this seriously. Like, they don't think this is a real thing. Or they think that we've dealt with this stuff before and like we are so much more than this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get past this easily. It's a really interesting insight, I believe. Okay, let's talk about global warming from the fact that all we are hearing about global warming and climate change right now is just scientific postulation. This is scientists coming up to tell us this is what would happen in the world. Do you think that there's this pressure from scientists to make us feel like global warming is a lot more serious than it should be? I think the common kind of discourse around climate change, a lot of young people are experiencing climate anxiety or in other words, where people are so fearful of climate change that they've kind of become paralyzed. They don't know what exactly to do, how to react, what they can do as an individual to help bring these high rising temperatures down. There are a lot of politicians that will kind of downplay climate change and try to explain that it's not as big of a crisis. And we are truly experiencing a climate emergency. It really depends on personal opinion, I guess I would say. And once again, a lack of knowledge and facts if people don't believe we are experiencing a climate emergency. But once again, I don't know if any of the other people here can speak a little bit more about the kind of lack of engagement with calling the climate crisis an emergency. Yeah, actually, I wrote down a couple of things here before the show as I did some research earlier. And I kind of wanted to take your question and lead it into a question of my own. And I just want to ask you guys, why do you think climate change is such a big deal in 2019? We start to hear more and more about Mm. it every day. If you go back to like the 2016 election in in the US, the time when Trump was running, we didn't hear so much about climate change then. But you look at the election now, all we hear about is climate change. I wonder, do you think it's social media taking an impact to a point where we can't deny it anymore? Yeah, I think social media definitely has a big role in it. Everyone's voice is heard a lot more now. And a lot of attention is brought to a lot of activist groups like feminist movement, vegan movement, global warming, the climate crisis. You're able to see all the different groups through social media and you're able to be aware of a lot more. Mm. And I would say even on YouTube, all the documentaries that are out there, for certain issues, you could look at clothing and how ethical it is and people yeah. are just more aware and it's hard to ignore those facts. So I think everyone is just becoming more aware. It and that's probably due to social media yeah. as well. I think with social media, it's kind of pros and cons too. Is something could seem exaggerated because all these news networks are just exactly p- p- yeah. that's a good point. And it's just like, it goes viral. Like that's just how it is now. Yeah, but then true. it also can be a pro if like, say a company is not complying to standards and they're like polluting a river that's going through someone's small town and then that video goes viral it's like that mm-hmm. might bring some exposure 
get and could really out. help a real real problem so yeah. that's true if you go back to the year 2000 or the early 2000s maybe media wasn't as prominent as it is now which is why we're starting to see a lot more of it but it's interesting that you know like i said even a few years ago 2016 we weren't seeing so much of it but, but if you look in the early 2000s when it was just news stations mm-hmm. newspapers mm-hmm. those journalists they all had the power and they really controlled the narrative that was going on that's true. Mm-hmm. so with social media the average person now has the ability to expose what they want to expose. Exactly, everyone has their own voice. Okay, in the midst of all of this, it's almost like there's still a, a division in certain parts of the world or certain people, especially like what we are seeing with the elections about climate change. It still divides opinion. Some people think that there's a problem. Some people think that, nah, we've gotten through this before. Yeah. It's not so much of a big deal. Individually, all of you, where do you guys stand? Is there a problem? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. I would say there's a problem. Not to play devil's advocate, but I've listened to news shows that have downplayed climate change. I just want to understand why. Like I said, one guy just said that we've been through much more than this. The human mind is capable of so much more that they can deal with a problem in like a matter of years. Mm. And I feel like politicians are trying to do that. When they come in to talk, they say, hey, we can do this by the year 2028. And yeah, we can fix this by the year 2050. So maybe not to say that we can downplay it. So that is their problem. There is definitely a problem. The reason why I say this is because our economic growth rate is at the highest it's ever been. In other words, we are making more, we are putting more emissions into the air, which is in fact rising the global temperature rate. So if you really look at this simply, the industrial era and what has happened in the past century even, I would say, is we've added all this emissions into the air cause of human activity. And the reason why some people might be advocating for it or some people might be more skeptical of it for me it comes down to a class issue of who is really benefiting off of denying climate change who is advocating for it in general Anna, for you is there a problem that we have on our hand because according to the statistics they said um, climate change is not a problem for now it's a problem for the next 50 years in terms of the fact we would be encountering what they call extincting generations in terms of the fact that the world might become unbearable for people who live after us. Why is it our responsibility right now to cater for problems that we necessarily do not have to encounter? Yeah, I think one of the major problems that has to be addressed now is policy and how governments are dealing with it. Mm. If we don't change how any factories or how the government implements any policy, if the changes aren't made now, then it's just going to continually get worse. Mm. And I think that's why so many people feel so passionate about it now. It's that if enough people protest and try to get the attention of the government, they're going to be forced to make changes. Mm. I think if people feel that they're everyday trying to not use plastic bags, like that might feel more insignificant because it's really more a little bit bigger than that. Not saying that that's bad, but you need to tell the government to make bigger changes. Okay, so fossil fuel is the you know main catalyst for climate change, what alternatives are there to fossil fuels that could make the world a bit more conducive for us? I mean, they talk a lot about renewable resources, and I think True. that's something that sounds good, but <laughs> it's just like we need to keep uh, researching it and find out what's going to be the best for the environment and you know, most efficient. And A lot of this stuff, stuff is expensive, right? So, you know, we can sit here and say, you know, we can do this and we can do this, but it might cost us a lot more money. Mm. So I think people are trying to find the best solution and the cheapest solution. And, you know, I want to go back to your question before, because you said, is climate change a good or a bad thing? I had this talk with Sadaf a couple of days ago, and you can play for both sides, because in terms of the economy, 
it can take jobs it can also create jobs Mm. You know, you can kind of sit on both sides of the fence, and you can guess which side I was on. We're obviously fighting about this, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting that we say that hey, we should go to a more plant-based farm, and then you've got all these farmers losing their jobs, and these people can't feed their kids and so on. But then you know, climate change can also provide; it can also give people the opportunity to come forward. You know, if you look at the wildfires that we had last year, I think it said they need to like put up like 40 million trees just to recuperate for that damaged land. Mm. And they need like a thousand more workers. So it actually creates jobs for our economy. No, I'm not saying climate change is a good thing, but... Okay, Sir Def, you wanted to help with the fossil fuel question about alternative to fossil fuel. Can you shed more light on that? I was going to say that this is the biggest challenge that our federal governments and corporations are facing right now. This is a huge transition from what we have done previously and what is required of us to do now and the transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy is obviously a complicated one but i truly believe that if we dedicated ourselves to focusing on what would constitute as better for environment rather than worse worse obviously would be fossil fuels and better would be other technologies that we can do i don't know anything off the top of my head but i'm sure that we're more than capable to provide for what can constitute as better or at least get onto that path rather than hold back just because we think it's impossible okay the fact is that canada is the top capital energy consumer in the world and then by becoming more energy efficient you would not only pollute less but you'd also save more money you could change to energy efficient light bulbs and you could install a heat pump in your home so heat pump work by extracting it from one location and transferring to another you also advised to unplug your computers your tv and all electronic devices mm-hmm. when you're not us- using them you are told to wash your clothes in cold or warm water not hot water you could also dry your clothes when you can you could install a thermostat you could share cars share a ride when you share a ride you save more gas fuel and stop all of this pollution that scientists believe will contribute into climate change now one of the adverse effects of climate change is the sector of agriculture and how climate change is on that it could lead to rising temperature changing rainfall patterns increasing drought and then increasing flooding in some regions now when all of this is happening or when it happens if it does happen in the future according to the postulations and projections there's definitely going to be adverse effects around the world drought would, would mean that there will be increasing poverty levels hunger you know basically with global warming and climate change the crop would find it unbearable to grow almost impossible for growth to happen and when that happens we can barely get food to eat you know mm-hmm. there's chain reaction from just global warming mm-hmm. as a whole and that's why when you put it that the earth is dying you're kind of right in that sense that if we do not tackle this right now there could be a very very big issue at hand so yeah so this is the reason why i am calling it a climate emergency what people don't understand is what may not happen or what may not direct us effectively whether in a year or five years there are other places in the world that are already being hit by this climate emergency that mm. are suffering from natural disasters from things like droughts there are farmers who are unable to grow their crop and as a result it exists 
exacerbates poverty, I would argue. And the reason why I think even now we are treating the climate crisis as an emergency is because, again, social media comes into play here where we are seeing what happens around the world and also what can potentially happen to us. If you look at Vancouver, it's a city that is surrounded by water, rising sea levels, which would mean that eventually if things continue the way they are, Vancouver would be underwater potentially or some mm. surrounding parts like Richmond. So it's really important to keep in mind that what not might happen to affect you here right now is already happening in other parts of the world. Okay, how effective as the media will be in climate change in terms of what we're saying? We are hearing the noise, but is there actual work done? Is the problem actually being tackled? Uh, I think, again, it goes back to government and... I don't know if anything is actually being done. I think that there is a lot of talk as every federal election goes, every provincial election, but I don't have a lot of faith in politicians, so <laughs> I don't think I am. This. I think people are taking more action than government. Me and Sadaf went to the climate strike, having in Nanaimo, Greta Thunberg. She's really been working, talking about climate change, and if you mm. look at what happened in Montreal, he managed to get like 500,000 people out in the streets protesting about it so i feel like people are waking up it's just politicians actually have to put it into action and i think that's one thing that's cool about the internet and social media now is like people can actually peacefully protest something they can actually organize and like Mm. you know fight for what they think is right if they think politicians aren't pulling their end yeah and back to social media is that you can hold politicians accountable and call them out if they said that they would do something if they ran on that during their campaign and then they don't you're able to call them out, protest against them way harder than you used to be able to. Question. Will social media change the world? (laughs) (laughs) Will social media change the world? Has it not already? It has. I'm talking about from the perspective of climate change right right now because it's almost like the only tool we have right now to, you know, push this narrative apart from the traditional media is now social media. How effective would this weapon be? in changing that. I think that social media is one of the most powerful tools that we have today. If you look at social media, I mean, I don't want to generalize here, but it is mostly millennials who are very keen to be on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And these young people are noticing the shifts in the world that are happening today. And it is said that if all the millennials did go out and vote, whoever they vote for would have the majority of the seats in the federal election. So it's really interesting to analyze all those effects. And like everybody knows that social media is important and social media is where truth comes to light, (laughs) which I think is why it's so important. There are popular cultural figures like Leonardo DiCaprio, Jane Smith, Brad Pitt, who are advocating for climate change and they are posting it on their Instagram pages. People are seeing this and they know that climate change is an emergency and that they themselves individually do need to contribute in some way to partake in this movement and help out. Okay, question right now. Since you got involved or since you guys got to hear about climate change, from then till now, have you guys noticed a shift in opinion, in public attitude about climate change in terms of you used to know a friend who thought it wasn't a problem that now think it's a problem. Is there any clear example? Just one thing I'd like to add here. I think climate change has become almost a moral obligation. Like you're kind of shamed if you 
don't kind of take responsibility and mm. do something to help out in a way. Like if I didn't use a reusable water bottle and not that other people would kind of call me out on it, maybe they would, but like internally I feel ashamed because that's a small change I could do in myself to kind of help the environment, right? And I think that does speak to the younger generation that is seeing these effects. If Calvin, you want to add something? Yeah, I think there's been a shift, although there could always be more action. I look at myself and, you know, just over like the last year or the last two years, I've started to recycle more. And I feel like even when I'm holding like a plastic bottle and I don't put it in like the right recycling compartment, I would feel bad. Or if I'm holding something, I feel like maybe throwing it on the ground, but I'm like, no, I can't do that. That's the bad thing to do, right? So I feel like we do have a moral obligation. That's what I mean, but it is a moral obligation. Yeah, yeah, like we definitely feel bad about it. Yeah, to add to Sadaf's point, I feel like we've been in university for the same amount of time. So I don't think many people would speak out against climate change, especially in our program. Yes, you want to add something? I think I was just trying to think, like my mom went back to university when she was... 45 I think they were in the process of like banning plastic bottles and then now it's interesting to hear from students who probably came into the university when they're already banned or like not selling them in vending machines you know and it's like there's things like that that we can make small steps in the right direction but again it's like not like we're banning the production of water bottles or anything like you know it's like it still is there's policy that's bigger than and we still have vending machines full of other plastic drinks exactly it's just not water yeah it's interesting when you term it smaller smaller steps how do we expect baby steps to have giant effect because that's what we really want we want a giant effect i think small steps can have a giant effect if you look at kind of waste management and the amount of water bottles that might be thrown out not just water bottles any type of plastic in general banning plastic bags would be a huge step (laughs) into the right direction The thing is, even though it might seem small, these are when they're measured statistically, they're measured in like megatons or tons. Like these are huge amounts either way. So if you can even take out like, you know, 10 megatons of plastic being entered into the ocean somehow or burned with the pollution entering into the air, that can still have big effects. I agree 100% that politicians and corporate companies would need to make critical changes. But once again, As an individual, I don't know how much I can force the government to change their policies other than protest to elect the right type of governments. Climate change is a really hard issue because some like to say that it kind of cuts back on economic growth. Like I said, it's a huge transition in our society and it's going to take everyone at the table to have a conversation, including those corporate CEOs, including the fossil fuel companies to come into the table and actually contribute rather than just having activists continuously advocating for climate change by themselves. Yeah, just a touch point on that. I think it's vital that we as a people try to recycle more often. It's a small step, but if we're all doing it, it can have a big impact. I think that's very important to note as well. Okay, let's talk about Greta Thunberg. At the Climate Action Summit in 2019, when she was speaking, she lambasted lots of politicians where she said that they made empty promises on the subject of climate change, constantly mentioned that we have a collapsing ecosystem, there is mass extinction that we are being faced with if we are not careful with the way we go about climate change. Debaco, and he said the earth is becoming very unconducive. This might be a little thing, but the fact that it's coming from someone like Greta, who has been really involved in this situation like this, would make it seem much more than it should mean. How important is celebrity impact or a public figure in all of this? 
I just like to start. I love Greta, and I think she makes some really great points. I think she's a very courageous girl. The only criticism that anybody could ever have of Greta gaining this recognition that she has is that there are other people who have advocated for climate change. Shout out to Adam Peltier, who fights to protect water in Canada's indigenous communities. Really important to think about here that some indigenous communities still don't have water to this day. In Canada, obviously a wealthy country, so that is super disappointing. But I believe that celebrities have a very big impact. Greta especially, I think it's very disappointing that some right-wing politicians actually criticized her disability and they kind of called her mentally unstable. I think it's degrading and it's really shameful to see from adults talking about a child like this mm. um, once again <laughs> when people can't handle the truth they will come at you with anything they have including personal insults which I think is terrible <laughs> obviously that's not okay but also Greta is a great girl but there are other climate activists who have been advocating for very long what she has before obviously Greta she's really the big one right now but uh, we've all done a couple of names here, like Leonardo DiCaprio, who's donated like five million, I think it was, to the Amazon rainforest mm. after it was burning down. Jaden Smith, as well, uh, Brad Pitt. I would even say Exobelli, the Arsenal player. Yeah, he has spoken ab- about this. I'm at, sure there's a few football yeah, players out there at land where he's talking about planting more trees. There's an impending you know, danger, and we are doing nothing about it. Celebrities play a very big role. We see stuff from them, but we know behind the scenes it's not really what it may look like. You know, you look at Kim Kardashian and you know Trump and all those people with all the big money. So, uh, just a story here. I was telling Calvin the other day. Kim Kardashian posted a photo of Northwest, her daughter picking up some trash and she just kind of talked about how north was such an environmentalist or something and people in the comments were (laughs) talking about the lifestyle of being a kardashian this means taking a lot of jets which means putting a a lot of emissions into the air and Mm. whether what she had posted about north picking up the garbage like whether that was kind of just clickbait of oh look at the kind of environmental impact that we making kim kardashians have never advocated themselves for climate change but it's just kind of interesting to look at the comments and see the criticism from other and people. that's what i wanted to say right because these people like look closely at their lives they're in la and like two hours later they're in like dubai you know mm. what i'm saying so, like, <laughs> like these people they're taking flights like every two minutes that's killing the earth it's cool if you post this online but if you're doing it for likes we just need to see more from celebrities and we need to know mm. that behind the scenes you're putting in the effort justin anyone after that i agree yeah I think a lot of those influencers are just going to use mm-hmm. their platform to kind of keep promoting themselves as a brand. And, yeah. you know, we see a lot of that. So Okay. Catching flights, interestingly, is one of the ways we pollute the air because of emission of gaseous substances and whatnot. At the end of the day, we can't do without taking flights if we really need to be around the world. How can we tackle that, please? I just like to add that people would rather take a 30-minute flight to Vancouver rather than take the ferry. So there's one way you could change it. You could take the ferry instead, an extra two hours, but you are saving the earth. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And I understand that some people do need to take flights because we were talking about celebrities and influencers specifically. They can do what they can to minimize their flights. They don't need their own private jet companies. They can fly economy, that's an option. I mean, I understand why this could be debated from what I'm saying, but yeah, planes is a problem. You could take a train, you could take a bus instead of driving, you could bike. As much as people could argue, there are other alternatives and that's just the way it is. Now, this is a very, very debatable point you speak here. 
when you mention this thing, it's almost like you are saying, let's get rid of technology. Let's go back to the medieval era. No. So let me clarify here. One of the reasons why people argue that Canada can't reduce its emissions is because we have a great distance between our provinces and people need to fly if they need Mm. to get across the country. That's completely understandable, but that is still not a good enough argument to say that all we need to do is invest in green technology. You can still put a carbon tax on the biggest polluters. You can still do other things that will help the environment. Maybe this is naive of saying this of me, but I know that we can do better. And I'm not saying that we need to stop taking flights altogether. I'm just saying that there are ways to minimize this. The same way that we recycle, we can view flights and our carbon footprint the same way. One way is to stop eating less meat. As much as people can argue that, oh, this is the smallest impact and this won't make a change. You can eat less meat. Like if you don't want to go vegan completely, you can eat less meat. It's not saying that you need to do a complete plant-based lifestyle. Nobody is forcing you to do a complete plant-based lifestyle. It's just that you can eat less meat. Yeah, actually, I wanted to touch base on that because I feel like uh, this is a really interesting aspect of climate change. And I'm trying to eat less meat myself. But like, it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I can just eat vegetables. Is anyone here vegan? Are you guys vegan? No. (laughs) I know Gaga's obviously not a vegan. I see him cooking on Snapchat. Do any of you try to eat vegetarian style food? I definitely have during different periods of my life. If you don't go completely vegan or anything, at least finding like a local butcher or something, I think is really important. I know like factory farming is a huge topic. And I definitely boycotted that for a while. How was it? It was fine. There's a couple butchers in Nanaimo. But yeah, for convenience and just for time saving, it's a lot harder to cut out meat completely. Right. And if you are purchasing from local butchers, that means your meat isn't traveling hundreds of kilometers across wherever to get to you. So that is still more environmentally friendly. I like that point, I guess, that you just made there. And it kind of goes back to when you're talking about the planes and the ferries, I think, because like there's always maybe something less that you could do, but it's just finding out where to draw that line because if we're advocating for taking the ferry over the plane then it's like well you could take a rowboat and not have any emissions you know it's like (laughs) where like we can always try and do our best but it's finding out exactly where that line should be like no one's advocating to stop all airlines from running but Mm -hmm. it's like if we can reduce it then that's what's best Sort of when you make these points it's admirable but confusing because there are lots of people who like the comfortable lifestyle mm, of and course, that's what, and that's what, <laughs> what technology has given to us now for people like us who want to take that 30 minutes flight from nanaimo to vancouver because we have an appointment to run for mm-hmm. how are we supposed to save the world by ditching that 30 minutes flight and waking up four hours earlier to get ready for that two hours ferry trip and, and whatnot is it really necessary So just to speak to your point here, it also comes down to a class issue. Who can really afford to take the plane and who can really afford to take the ferry? Mm. So not only are we kind of ignoring the effects of climate change, but we are saying because I have more money, I'll just take the easier route out, which is taking the plane to Vancouver. It's hard to tell the truth the way it is. And the way it is, is that you can wake up four hours earlier and make it unless it's an emergency and you need to get to Vancouver in 30 minutes you can do that but if you can find ways to avoid that i think it's your personal choice whether you decide to do that or not i used to think that oh taking the time to kind of sort out recycling was just too much work and i'll just throw everything out you know i really didn't care about recycling let's say like 
three, four years ago because I didn't see people around me recycling, I guess. And I just didn't understand the impact of what recycling can do. But now I do recycle. I do wash out those jars and I do recycle them. So, yes, it might take a little bit longer, but <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Has anyone here taken a seaplane before? Is it worth it? I feel like I've taken hundreds of ferry trips in my days like playing basketball growing up and oh, yeah. playing at university and i was always in training centers in high school over there and it's like that first time i took it i just remember being like oh i'm downtown right now like it was nice yeah but okay, i yeah, mean yeah. obviously if you're just taking it just for fun it was probably like an urgent matter yeah. that like you had to be there like yeah. you had to be there right but i mean if you had some money stacked up and then you just wanted to save time like you're not going to just say no and back to your original yeah. comment when you were talking about a cushy lifestyle, also I feel like flights and planes, back to the Kardashian point, is also with social media, mm -hmm. it's also a, trying to make a point mm -hmm. that you have money and that you're living a certain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We were just talking the other day about how you can go and take a photo yes. pretending that you're on a private plane. I was just going to mention <laughs> that. Yeah, so. Shout out to Bow Wow. Yeah, Bow Wow. So ridiculous. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there are pros and cons with social media as well. It's like there's a lot of attention going towards certain activist groups and then there's people pretending that they're taking private jets so yeah. <laughs> promoting that. yeah maybe we should stop that because if you're flexing and that you're on a private jet then obviously people are going to want to be you know like in your position but you're not even on the private jet to begin with let's answer the question like what meaningful action should be taken to reverse the damage done by climate change in terms of we are here now how do we go back so I think I talked about this a little bit earlier that young people feel anxiety about climate change and the term that I found for it was eco-anxiety. And from what at least the Paris Climate Agreement shows from the United Nations is that it is not too late. We are not yet at a point that is irreversible. We can still in the next, I believe it's 10 to 20 years, I might be wrong, but the Paris Climate Agreement says that if we don't keep our temperature below two degrees Celsius. The goal is to have it below 1.5 degrees Celsius. But if we don't have it below two degrees Celsius by a certain year, I don't remember it off the top of my head right now, then that's when we would face climate change that is irreversible. But as of right now, I would argue that it's totally possible to have change right now. And we are at a very hopeful time where a lot of young people are realizing this problem, including older people. This may not have been their first concern. You have to remember people who are starving or people who are facing other issues are not going to care about climate change per se, right? Mm. This is not going to be their first concern. But at least in the Western world, for sure, I think there is a very big alert on climate change. And that's why there are parties that are advocating their climate change policies. And because they know it's important, they know that's how they will be analyzed. Okay, now the question is, which part climate plans do you resonate with most? <clears throat> to the political parties. That's the Green Party, NDP, Liberal, Liberals and... Conservative. Looking at the Canadian federal elections... Very quickly, can everyone here vote? Can all yeah. vote? Yeah. We believe so. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you critically analyze each party's plans, the Greens obviously <laughs> have the plan that would most likely keep our emissions under 1.5 degrees and actually exceed Canada's target. But the Greens plan has been criticized very heavily on what is under provincial jurisdiction and what is under mm. federal jurisdiction. So what can the Greens really do if they come into power? Can they really prevent pipelines and oil drilling? And how much power really does this federal government have? And mm. for conservatives, they're pretty much saying all we need is new technology. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they have a very vague plan and it's not incentive based like everyone knows that conservatives aren't very focused on climate change yeah i went to the viu debate and i definitely think that watching paul manley because he was recently elected into the house of commons i think that he has the most ambition and he has a lot of confidence in himself with him and Elizabeth May. He said that he spoke up a ton in the House of Commons, so I think that he's the most driven for climate change. Everyone else, again, I don't really trust politicians, so <laughs> I feel like I trust him the most if you're talking about climate change. Are you guys voting green? Um, <laughs> I'd rather not say. <laughs> okay, my bad, my bad. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Donald Trump voice nurses concerns that climate change regulations could affect economic growth so he decided to pull out of the paris climate accord by 2020 so donald trump doesn't believe that it's good for americans economy to be involved in the climate accord and the the paris climate agreement this doesn't come as a shock or a surprise to me at all donald trump has been very clear about his opinions on climate change and I'm pretty sure he doesn't believe in it and it's very obvious that the companies funding Donald Trump are very likely big corporate companies who are actually putting a lot of emissions into the air so this doesn't come to a surprise to me at all 97% of scientists agree that we are in a climate emergency now and that it is important and it's happening right now but again like i said maybe it's their personal choice or maybe it's more towards what benefits them the most politically to say that climate change is not real but they do agree that climate change exists but are they really willing to put real action towards creating a change that's debatable also carving question it's almost like we've been here before what's different now we've heard talk about things happening that didn't happen. There are skeptics who still believe that climate change and all of this is a postulation. What's different now? I think it actually relates kind of back to my first question and how social media has become so prominent. I just wanted to kind of mention that language is important. So now we are in fact calling it a climate emergency rather mm. than just climate change i can tell you when i was in like grade nine of high school and i kept hearing the words climate change or whatever i didn't give a shit <laughs> it might not seem like it now like obviously i am advocating for this but i did not care because i heard climate change so many times now climate emergency climate crisis we are in a time that is once we hit this point it cannot be turned around i think the discourse and the language has completely changed All right, lastly, before we call it a day, it's about two minutes before the end of the show. We're having a very, very wonderful conversation on CHLY 101.7 FM. Um, some communities depend on fossil fuel industry more than others. What will you do to ensure that vulnerable communities are protected during the transition to clean energy? Sadaf. So when I was in a climate simulation at VIU, I was representing India. And one of the main arguments that India as a country had was that they are a country where millions of people are under poverty and they cannot afford to cut back on their economic growth mm. right now. And that they need this economic growth to help people out of poverty, to supply jobs. And I think this question really targets that statement wealthier countries have a responsibility to help these communities in need that might be king in having sustainable energy technologies i don't know if anna wants to add anything 
No, it's hard with one minute left on that <laughs> note. No, I completely Sorry. agree that it's really hard for those types of communities and that I feel like you can't even compare it to Canada's situation. So there's so much more information on that. One last thing on that. It's important that we're all on the same side. And, you know, the big players obviously being, you know, the U.S. and China. It's important that mm-hmm. we all stand on the same front. So if we're divided, we won't go anywhere. All right. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Tedder. And of course, Calvin, for coming. Very, very, very interesting conversation. If you're leaning towards the climate change side of the debate, I urge you to do your recycles a whole lot more. Just look after the weather. Look after the world. Make sure that you're doing something to save the world. Calvin, want to add something? Yeah, one last thing. I want to encourage everybody to go on Twitter and hashtag climate change 101. Just give us some of your thoughts, how you feel about our views and opinions. And I just want to wish everybody the best with the upcoming elections. I know you guys don't want to disclose how you feel. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. That's all we could take today on the episode of Say It All. I would be on the same station. Not same time next week because um, next week is Farrell's one year anniversary fire would be taking the time of me and um, i would be joining you on sunday of course for sunday Talker special until then i am in gagari community playing the song of Vema pasty jocelyn i'm signing out goodbye Call it the vine, cross the line. Give me a sign, I'm one of a kind. Feeling my way, I'm losing my mind. She can't deny, I'm one of a kind. Look at my chain, I drip in the shine. Drip in the shine, drip in the shine. She loved the way I drip in the shine. Look in my eyes, the fish in the side. Divine, this is so right. I'm in my lane, I'm sipping my wine. She told me back, let's do it again. Bring that shit back, yo, baby, rewind. I like the way our body collide. Me and my gang, we're living the wild. Ooh, yeah, don't be a snitch. Ooh, yeah, fish at your feet. Mmm, spaceship,